my brothers and sisters in the Lord, for those of you who have ever been to a school mass or one of our children's liturgies, you know that Father Cooper likes to use props in order to maintain their attention. Well, I have something I want to use this morning, and because mostly we are adults here, I'm not going to call it a prop, I'm going to call it a visual aid. <laughs> this will be more adult about it. But here's an example. Here is a nice, crisp $100 bill. Looks good. How many people would like to have a nice, crisp $100 bill? Now, you can raise your hand. It's fine. The kids do. Yeah, okay. A nice, crisp $100 bill. That's wonderful. Now, here is a $100 bill that is a little more wrinkled. How many would take this bill as well? You would? What if I did this? Would you still take it? Yes. What if I threw it on the ground and stomped on it? Would you still take it? Yes. All right, you would. I give you that example because we know that between this $100 bill and this $100 bill, it has the same value, the same monetary value. Well, when we stand before God, my brothers and sisters, whether we use this to represent the good boy and the bad boy, the saint or the sinner, the one who is striving for holiness and the one who is going down the wrong path, in the eyes of God, they stand equal. In the eyes of God, God doesn't love this one more than he loves this one. In the eyes of God, my brothers and sisters, the one who is on the narrow path, who is striving for holiness, God is calling deeper to his heart, calling to a deeper prayer life, a deeper holiness, a deeper sense of perfection in the spiritual life. For the one who is going down this path, who is all wrinkled, God still loves and is calling to conversion, to come back. You see, my brothers and sisters, in the eyes of God, as St. Paul writes, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Because in reality, my brothers and sisters, whether we're looking at the crisp $100 bill or this one that's been wrinkled and stomped upon, we must remember that because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, this $100 bill, the sins are just a little more visible than this one. Or another way to put it, sometimes, my friends, our sinfulness, our handicaps, whatever you want to use for the image, sometimes they're a little more visible to others than some of the other types of our sinfulness. And that is the point of the parable today. <clears throat> In the parable, we have the father. And the father, what does the father desire? The father desires unity in his house. The father desires harmony in his house. And this father has two sons, the younger son and the elder son. And at the beginning of the parable, it sounds like the younger son, he is the bad boy. He is the troublemaker. And maybe in your own family, those who are parents, you have that son or that daughter that you say, oh, that's just the troublemaker. And then you have the older son, the elder son, and it appears at the beginning of the parable, he's the good boy. He's the one who follows the father's directions and instructions. But as the parable continues, my brothers and sisters, we realize that both of these sons are disrupting the harmony and unity of the father's house, that the father desires. In different ways, 
but it's there in both of their lives. The younger son asks for the portion of his inheritance, basically saying to the father, I wish you were dead. And he takes that portion of his inheritance and he goes off. He's not worried about the father or the father's property or his responsibilities. He wants to live his life. And so he goes off to a foreign place and spends it in a life of dispiation, a life of sinfulness. We find out there's prostitutes there who all knows what else is there. Until he runs out of money. And there's a severe famine and there the younger son is with the swan. The swine, the unclean animal, or one of the unclean animals for the Jewish people. The lowest that you could get. And while he was there with the swine is when he had his conversion experience. Amen. He had his conversion experience when he was there with the swine. And while he was there with the swine, it's almost like you could hear, my brothers and sisters, the father's heart speaking to the heart of the younger son saying, come home. Come home. And as he was there, he realizes, I can go to my father. Do you notice that's sort of like an act of contrition? I will go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired hands. He realizes he could go home. And he does. And I bet my brothers and sisters he was shocked when he saw the father waiting. Because it certainly wasn't Jewish custom for the father to be waiting on the son to come. But the father was waiting. And as the father was waiting, he saw the son in a distance. You could almost see the heart of the father leaping out to the heart of the son. And the son goes and he makes his act of contrition at the feet of the father. But you notice, my friends, the father sort of cuts him off. And he raises him up. And he says to the servants, bring a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet, a cloak on his back. My son was lost and has been found. We must celebrate. The son has come home. Unity has been restored to the father's house. My brothers and sisters, that's what God desires for all of us. But then we have the elder son, who at first appeared to be the good boy. And the elder son is often referred to as the prodigal son who stayed home. The elder son hears of the party, the celebration that's going on. And when he hears of this party and this celebration, he refuses to go into his father's house. You know, on the outside, my friends, he appears to be a very crisp $100 bill. He's got everything together. He's been faithful. He's been working in the father's fields and his vineyards. He's done everything the father has asked for him, but he will not go into that house. Why? Because his sins are underneath. They're not as visible as the younger son. His sins are envy and jealousy and hatred. How can the father do this? You see, my brothers and sisters, the problem with the elder son is he does not realize the true heart of the father. He doesn't realize the true mercy of the father, the true love of his father. And so he stays outside. But the father doesn't give up. The father goes out to him. 
And they have that exchange, that conversation, and the beautiful words the Father speaks to him. All that I have is yours. And we don't know, my friends, exactly the decision the elder son makes. Because the parable ends. But you see, my brothers and sisters, the parable today is a parable of God's mercy. The parable today is a parable of God's compassion. Notice what it says. He has compassion when he sees the younger son returning. Compassion means to suffer with. The father has been suffering because of the separation from the younger son. And there is now rejoicing because the household, the heart, is back in harmony. Until the elder son begins to throw his temper tantrum on the other side. You see, my brothers and sisters, in our own life, God is calling us in the season of Lent to come home. Whether we may look like the wrinkled $100 bill that has been stepped on and thrown outside and blown down the street in the weather, or we're crisp and clean, we think, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Lord is saying, come home to the sacrament of reconciliation. Come home to confession. Come home to clean your heart so there can be unity once again with me. A few years back, I asked some of our students, we read this parable, and I said, who suffered the most in this parable? And one little boy raised his hand like this. I know, it was the fat cow that suffered the most. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Besides the fat cow who was slaughtered, who suffered the most? From the way the parable ends, it is the elder son. Because the younger son, yes, he was in his sinfulness. He was in his dispiation. He had disobeyed his father, but he came home. He realized he could come to his father, and there was reconciliation, and there was mercy, and there was compassion, and there was unity. But the elder son was still remaining outside the father's house because of his own anger, his own jealousy of the younger son, because he thought it just was not fair. You see, my brothers and sisters, in our own life, wherever we may be on the journey, I think the most profound words in the parable is when the Father speaks, all that I have is yours. My friends, that's what God the Father speaks to each of us in our heart this day. All that I have is yours. Do you wish to receive it? And if you do, come home. And I have to return these $100 bills so no one steal them. <laughs>